This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 788 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Horse.com's weekly horse health report on the Horses in the Morning show. The Horse.com's digital editor, Michelle Anderson, and Dr. Jones join the Hit'em crew for a talk about FEI veterinarians. How did they get to be one, and what do they do? And we'll get to our tip right after this important message from WinTech. Many riders know the frustration that comes from their saddle not fitting or no longer fitting. Many hours and many more dollars are often spent trying to compensate for a poor fit or buying another saddle, only to have the same thing happen again months later. Enter the Easy Change Fit Solution, available on WinTech Easy Care Saddles. By combining the Easy Change gullet system introduced over 15 years ago with the new Easy Change riser system, WinTech now offers an unparalleled scope of adjustment for a total fitting solution that's not only easy, but measurable, giving total confidence to be able to make changes to the saddle. Whether you're a serious competitor or ride horses for the sheer joy of it, choose a saddle with the easy change fit solution that puts your horse's comfort first. Enjoy the peace of mind in knowing that your saddle offers full adjustability and is able to meet the changing needs of your horse. Find out more today at EasyChangeFitSolution.com. Thinking of ruining lunches, you know, Glenn, you have a dog at your feet right now. I think Michelle has a dog at her feet. Dr. Jones may very well have a dog in her truck. Do you guys have a dog, particular dog, that has, like, really, really, really bad gas? I mean, like, kill you. Yeah. Please, like, make your eyeballs water gas. Because my husband's dog, because my husband is out of town, his dog is always at my feet now while he's gone. Because, of course, when my husband comes home, he won't know me anymore. But this dog, Boomer, oh, my God, could clear a room. Like, I'm, I'm talking to you guys, and I'm, like, trying not to gag at this moment. I'm, I don't know what to do. What is, Dr. Jones, help me out. What can I do to stop this dog's gas? (laughs) Well, believe it or not, Perina did a study, and I found the article quite humorous. Somebody, uh, they had somebody going around and collecting the gas from dogs, and after they fed them (laughs) and determined which one had more or less gas um, exuding from their body. Oh, my God. They all eat the same thing, okay? They all eat the same food. They eat at the same time. And this dog, doesn't matter. I can wake up. He will wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning because I'm like, what I think, I think Prudent has developed a, a, um, a feed for those who have excess gas uh, based off of the study. But I don't know if they've released it yet or not. But, yeah, I found that article quite humorous. Yeah, I sympathize, Jamie. I have, I have a little senior corgi. Man, she's smelly. <laughs> 
<laughs> Smelly girl. Okay, at least you guys aren't stuck in a truck with one with the windows up. Come on. That's terrible. That's oh, <laughs> yeah, that's awful. That's awful. Yeah. But, you know, next to your bed is just as bad, so it sucks either way. Oh, God. I got y'all start, get started. I got to put this dog outside. He is making okay. my eyes water. <laughs> okay. Well, Dr. Jones is here uh, today with Rolex is right around the corner. Uh, she's here to talk to us a little bit about what it means to be an FEI vet. Um, and I'm pretty impressed because she's an FEI vet herself. And Jamie always says it, like, is there anything you don't do, Dr. Jones? <laughs> Are you serious? That's a good question. You're an FEI vet, too? God, you're amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I'm not an FBI vet for a rating. How's that? <laughs> hey, it counts. It counts, girl. I swear, I swear, if I was a dude, I would want to marry you. Let me just tell you that right now. You're funny. You're hysterical. You're the coolest. Okay, so okay, so we have this big international event going on in Lexington this week, and there's all these vets running around, and there's lots of them um, in the FEI vets. So I want to start out, well, we'll say that the FEI is the international governing body for equestrian sport. So what does it, what do we mean when we say we, you are an FEI vet or someone is an FEI vet? Um, it might buy me a cup of coffee. That's about it. Um, <laughs> it's, um, and my admiration, Dr. Jones. <laughs> I, I find it to be an honor to be one. Um, it's, you're selected, but you have to go through some um, shadowing times, a course you have to take, application, references, that kind of thing to become one. And uh, so I find it to be an honor. But it's a certification that not a lot of equine veterinarians would actually want to uh, pursue because you don't make as much money acting as an FEI vet as you would at one day in practice. So your one day as an FEI vet does not make you as much as one day in a, in a regular practice. But the uh, cool part about it, as you guys would say, is uh, being able to interact with these Olympic-level horses, these international horses, and see these athletes perform at their best. Um, so we are part of the governing body. FEI Vet is part of the governing body of an international show, and it's called the Ground Jury, which is made up of one veterinarian and basically three other uh, lay horse people that have gone through rigorous testing to become part of the Ground Jury as well. So they, too, have to um, be tested and knowledgeable in their um, aspects. Okay. And so at Rolex right now, there's the ground jury with, with the FEI vets. Are there other vets on the ground as well that aren't part of the FEI? Um, yeah, they may be FEI vets themselves because they've gotten it in the past, but they're acting as treating vets. And, and the most recent ruling has required us since last June of 2012 to all have uh, credentials done through FEI. So you have to fill out and take a test as a treating vet and uh, get a credential, which is a, a pass that has your picture on it that allows you into what they call the FEI compound, which is a gated, secured barn area where all the international horses are housed uh, so that they can control who comes and goes in that barn. And uh, so the treating vets will have to have their credentials hanging around their neck or pinned to their, um, their shirts to show that they're allowed to go in and out of that barn to treat horses. There's a standard treating vet that's hired by the show committee, and then there is private veterinarians for individual athletes that will uh, be there. And then, of course, if this is a selection event, there will be the uh, treating vet for the uh, team, for the United States team, and that treating vet will probably be in and out judging um, being part of the selection criteria. 
Hey, I have and a question. So, so now, and I understand, Dr. Jones, that on Saturday uh, there'll be all kinds of vets there because of the cross country, and they they basically spread out throughout the cross country. Are they all FBI vets, or is that just a deal that is with one of the local, uh, you know, veterinarians? It's local veterinarians, and no, they're not FBI vets at all. So some of them okay. may not even know all the rulings of FBI, but they do get briefed on it prior to going out on the course. Um, okay. I did that in 96 at the Olympics and at the 95 Atlanta Games where we did the pre-run for the Olympics. And um, I was an FBI vet then at that time, but we um, didn't have to be to be part of the course veterinarians, as they call it. And uh, they're just spaced out so that if there is an injury, they can be first on the scene to take care of the animal. And they will address it, get on the walkie-talkie, get it back to the FBI vet and the treating vet what to do and they make decisions um, right there on the spot of how to take care of that animal and send it back to the barn for the regular treating vet to follow up and the FEI vet to follow up. Okay. And so why is it important to have both qualified and credentialed vets on the grounds at these international events? Well, the one thing that the riders are concerned about at international events is that their horse is in um, good care. At an FEI event, the old rule, standard rules, was they were no drugs allowed at all on these animals. Uh, the 96 Olympic Games, actually in Barcelona at 92, kind of started to change that idea because there was a lot of dehydration in these warm climates on a three-day event day. And so they felt that these horses needed some fluids to help them regenerate back up to a good caliber for the jumping phase the next day. So they started to allow fluid therapy, as they called it, um, on these horses. And so with the introduction of fluid therapy, they started to allow a couple antibiotics as well that didn't have any effect on performance. So now there are a couple drugs that are allowed, but they have to go through uh, strict paperwork and okay by the top FBI veterinary delegate to be allowed to use those. Um, everything has to go through the FBI veterinary delegate because they are the sole responsible person for the care of the animals. Even though they're not allowed to treat them, they do more paperwork and uh, they just, they're the governing ruling body of the show. So they can either say yes or no uh, according to um, if the horses need the fluids or not type thing. And I'll tell you right now, they hardly ever say no. It's always about the best care of the horse. So if somebody comes up and says, my horse needs fluids, usually the answer is yes and it's not a problem. It's signed off on. Okay. And so my understanding is the ground jury is involved in the barn inspections, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, and then also the jogs before the events. What are they looking for in those two different areas? At an FBI event, there's actually four veterinary inspections that people may not know about for three-day eventing. And, uh, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, those cross-country courses, the jumps are really cruel to the horse, yada, yada, yada. The animals are checked prior to going out, but they're also checked prior to even coming into the competition before dressage to make sure that they're okay to compete. So these horses are thoroughly evaluated four times throughout the weekend by a veterinarian, usually two of them because at a large event like this there's an associate FEI veterinarian. So Rolex has always had Dr. Catherine Cohn as the FEI veterinarian and Dr. Lisa Krampus and her associates for the past I don't know how many years now. And uh, they work together very closely to evaluate these horses. So they do the in-barn, the first horse inspection, which is the arrival inspection, to make sure that they properly vaccinated the horse before coming into the barn because they don't want to spread disease. They want to make sure that the horse doesn't have any major cuts, lacerations, swellings, and that the horse is, um, you know, relatively walking sound. 
They will feel the legs for any kind of heat and swelling. And then they go to the second veterinary inspection, but everybody calls it the first horse inspection, which is the jog. And that's with the ground jury now at the time. So the president of the ground jury joins with the, the FEI veterinarian at the jog path. And this is formal. You have to dress up for it. The riders have to dress up for it, and they have to present the horses in um, a braided good estate so that they can jog them out. And if they are sound at the jog, they are allowed to, to compete in the three-day event. If they are not sound, they may send the horse to what they call a whole box for the associate veterinarian to look at. And it may be a loose nail in the shoe or something to that effect. Maybe stepped on a rock and got a crevice in the frog or something to that effect. But that associate veterinarian will look at the horse in the whole box, come back to the ground jury, explain what they found on their whole box exam, and if it wasn't anything bad, um, they will represent the horse, and they may either accept them or they may decline having them not accepted um, into the event. And again, it's back to the ground jury's decision. The associate veterinarian, associate FBI veterinarian in the whole box is just there to provide information. And at times, I've been in that position, you may want to have a, a very good discussion with the rider to say, look, I'm not seeing any improvement in the trot here in the whole box. I feel some heat in the tendon. I'd recommend that you just withdraw at this point, but you can't actually say that. You just kind of hint around that maybe it's not in the best interest to represent the horse um, and then let them make a decision. If they want to represent, the ground jury has the final say. But you may induce some influence to the riders to say, I have found this was this a previous injury? You know, do you know about this? Um, nine times out of ten, though, they represent because there's not really much found. You might find um, just a, a little soreness around the nail heads or something to that effect where they just got reshot the day before they came to the show because they lost a shoe or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like the FEI vets are there to make sure the competition's fair, make sure the horses are well taken care of, that the riders are safe and the horses are safe, um, and and that the event goes smoothly. Are there any other things that they are responsible for while they're there? Right. That's exactly. You, you've uh, summed it up very well, Michelle. And uh, there are two other um, um, horse inspections. The other one's done at the end of cross country by the FEI veterinarian and the associate FEI veterinarians. And those are temperature, pulse, and respiration. And they want to make sure that the horse has come off the course not limping because uh, they trot them in, and that they can have a normal temperature pulse respiration before they go back to the barn because they are concerned about tie-up or any other um, issues that would come after a heavy cross-country course ride. Then the final inspection, which most people attend to, is on Sunday morning prior to show jumping. After that rigorous cross-country day, they want to see how many horses made it. And those horses, again, presented in formal um, uh, braided formal uh, look to them. The riders are dressed up, sometimes in three-inch heels, jogging these horses is kind of funny. It's usually <laughs> the young that. riders that do that, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, the ground jury has to be um, dressed up as well. So there is um, all that going on uh, on Sunday morning. It's usually at 7.30, bright and early, and they jog them out, and they either accept or not accept them, or they'll put them, I guess, into the whole box again and have the FBI, associate FBI veterinarian look at those horses um, and to see if they're fit to qualify to ride on uh, show jumping day on Sunday because they do not want to have a horse that might be mildly injured go out and do show jumping and completely injure itself mm -hmm. um, and not be able to be ridden, you know, and it's all about the welfare of the horse. So you said that a big part of your interest in this is being around the elite athletes. How did you get involved with being an FEI vet? Did you, you 
mentioned 96, 92, so you've been doing it for quite a while. Yes, yeah. I, um, in actually 1992, I met the team vet for Canada, and uh, he invited me to join him in the veterinary box at Rolex. And he was a partner with Dr. Catherine Tone at the time, and uh, um, I worked with him and shadowed with him, and then I also shadowed the United States team that uh, Marty Simonson back in the days doing dressage down in Wellington, and uh, um, some of the, the pre-three-day rides they're doing heading up to Atlanta. Um, so that's where my experience came, is from these two gentlemen, and uh, I found it very fascinating to watch these horses go and see how many could actually make it through and do well. And that was back when there were four phases to the cross-country course mm -hmm. where it was very endurance-based. Um, you know, nowadays they're not pushed as hard on cross-country day, but they still are pushed because the jumps are bigger, more technical, um, and a, a longer distance for them to travel across. But uh, um, it, it was pretty exciting to see these um, horses at their peak and, and at their best. So uh, that's how I got into it, and there was a lot of volunteer time, a lot of money spent flying to or driving to places and giving up a weekend of work and just shadowing. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. The riders were uh, very uh, happy that we're there, taking good care of their animals. There's very little um, scrutiny about what we're seeing or what we're saying to them. It's all about the horse. The, the riders don't get very fussy when we you know, point out issues to them. Okay. Well, thank you for telling us a little bit about uh, what the FEI vets do. I know that when you watch the stuff or see the pictures um, online and, and in magazines, you don't always know all the people in the background working to make sure that these huge events um, come off and that the horses are, are safe and healthy. So thank you for the work yeah, that you do, Dr. Jones. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. As Glenn said, he primarily sees, when you go to these events, he sees those vets out of the course. And those vets are just as important as the FBI, but the FBI ones are sitting in the, um, like you said, in the background that people don't know about. Unless you make the 7.30 jog or you make the, you know, Wednesday morning jog today for, um, before dressage. So you'd have to be there early in the morning to catch these uh, jogs to see how they're functioning in, in their job. And then they, as I tell people, we're mostly fixers of paper because we make sure that the paperwork is all proper because it all gets entered into Switzerland, and that's where the head, uh, headquarters is, and they will process the information that, and that uh, uh, paperwork for us for every event. But that's our requirement is to, to report back to them to make sure that the show went well and is there any improvements we can make, um, you know, is there anything that worked well at this event that would work well at another event. So. Okay. Sounds and like a lot of paperwork. <laughs> it is and, a lot of paperwork. Lot. <laughs> cool. Well, hey guys, we're running out of time. I appreciate you guys coming on and talking about it. Um, they, you know, the jog up is three o'clock today, uh, Eastern time in Kentucky, and then of course. Um, you never know what's going to happen with the first jog up either. There's usually at least one that doesn't make it. And we're also going to find out what happens with Marilyn Little. Uh, she is going to be checked out by doctors because she had a horse, a different horse, fall on her, dislocate her shoulder this past weekend. And oh. she has been staying in the Ocala Hospital, has come up to Kentucky. She's going to be che checked out by a surgeon in Kentucky to see if she actually can compete and can go ride right now. But she is slated to start out, start out on RF Demeter this weekend after dislocating her shoulder last weekend. Adventures are crazy. Tougher than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Amazing. So, Thanks, guys. TheHorse.com. TheHorse.com and FloridaEquine.com. We'll talk to you all again next week. And that's a wrap.
please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover on the show. You can subscribe to all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. You can also listen to the shows right on Facebook. The player's right there every day. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.